It really is good to have you in this place today. There's some of you I haven't seen for seven months, and I just want to say, man, you look good. Uh, COVID did good by you, all right? Uh, no, no, seriously. We're, we're glad to have you here, um, and we're glad to be regathering our children's ministry. For those of you who are online, uh, the same material is available on demand uh, and online for the children if you're not comfortable coming back yet. But when you get comfortable coming back, we just want you to know we'll be here. And uh, we're waiting uh, for the opportunity to share uh, Jesus Christ with your kids and your grandkids. Today, we're in the second week of a series that we launched last week about expanding our world, uh, expanding our worldview, looking at the world in a different way. And and today, we're coming to a a part of the biblical story that, that quite honestly is intriguing given the global pandemic. Because it's a part of the story in the book of Acts where, where the apostles began to see God doing things in them that they saw God do in Jesus. In fact, they began to do what Jesus had promised them when He was meeting with them. And He told them, look, you're going to see greater things than what I've done. You're going to do everything I've done, and you're going to see even greater things. And as the church begins to open its eyes and open its heart to, to the world around it, then it begins to see that, that God loves that world and God cares for those people and, and God wants to use them to care for the people around them. And in the, in the ninth chapter of the book of Acts, after we discover who Saul is, now that he becomes Paul and has the conversion experience we talked about last week, there's a phrase that, that is used to describe what the church was experiencing. And honestly, what the church is experiencing is 180 degrees different than what we're experiencing right now. What it says in, in verse 30, 31 or so in Acts chapter 9 is this, that the church was going through a season of peace and comfort, and the church began to multiply in the midst of that peace and comfort. And if you know anything about what's going on in the world right now, we are anywhere but peace and comfort, all right? Uh, we, we don't have peace and comfort going on. In fact, we've got, we've got angst, we've got worry, we've got people trying to figure out what to do, and we're living through one of the, one of the most uh, dynamic social upheavals in the world. And sometimes you just don't know who to believe. You just don't know what's going on. It's not peace and comfort. And yet, in the midst of it, in the midst of it, you've got a place where God begins to speak and and God begins to work. And, And just like in that first century, God began to expand the worldview of the disciples and the apostles in Jerusalem to show them the wider world. And he begins to do things through them that are greater than anything they had ever imagined they would do. There are indicators, early indicators from around the globe that right now, in the midst of angst and worry and and conflict, in the midst of all those things, God, God is beginning to do greater things than we have ever dreamed possible. For those of you who are on campus, you're looking around at this room and you're going, well, this doesn't look like it did pre-COVID. No, it doesn't, okay? But what you don't realize is there are literally hundreds of people who are joining you online live right now from here in Anderson, Madison County, and around the world. 
And for those of you who are online, there is this opportunity for all of us to to see what God is doing in our world and to see that He's making a difference. And one of the key ways that He makes a difference, whether we're in peace or we're in conflict, is that that Jesus, Jesus becomes the source of our wisdom, of our discernment, of our healing for the brokenness. We're living through a time of great brokenness. We have people who are, who are walking through deep loss. In fact, if you have not walked through a sense of loss, I, I would suggest to you, you've probably just not crossed the threshold of your house. Because when you walk out the door of your house, there is, there is loss everywhere you go. I mean, yesterday, I, I couldn't find candy corn at the, at the store. It was all gone. Two stores, I'm checking for candy corn. And I'm not supposed to have it anyway, but it was so much fun looking for it. Or have you had the excitement yet? The excitement of discovering toilet paper when you need to buy toilet paper. The excitement of going into the store and seeing that there are things on the shelves, but then you go back and they're not there. I mean, Coke Zero. I'll have to confess, I'm an addict to Coke Zero. I, I mean, it's just, just better than Diet Coke. I'm sorry for those of you who are Diet Coke a- addicts. Coke Zero is just better. But do you know what? I couldn't find Coke Zero. I'm looking everywhere. I had to settle. There's, there's even if it's something as simple as that, or if it's as deep as the, the friend of mine who had a heart attack and his wife had to let him off at the emergency room door in Florida, and they wouldn't let her in the hospital because of the prerequisites of COVID-19, to hear him tell the story of being all alone through that process. Or those of you who have, who have relatives, family, friends in nursing homes, and you're just now being able to go in and actually visit with them all of us, over the, last, over the last six or seven months, we've all, we've all faced deep loss. And yet in that deep loss, God is at work, just like He's at work in times of peace and comfort. And there, there are two stories. They actually connect with each other from the early days of the church that, that I think show us how Jesus is always the source for our healing in times of loss. Listen to them as I, as I read them for you from Acts chapter 9. I, I'm going to start reading right after those verses that talked about the peace and comfort of the Holy Spirit. Now listen to what happens in verse 32 of Acts chapter 9. Now as Peter, the disciple, went here and there among the church, he came down also to the saints who lived in Lydda. There he found a man named Aeneas, bedridden for eight years, who was paralyzed. And Peter said to him, Aeneas, Jesus Christ heals you. Rise and make your bed. And immediately he arose. And all the residents of Lydda and, and Sharon saw him, and they turned to the Lord. Now there was in Joppa a, a disciple named Tabitha which translated means Dorcas. She was full of good works and acts of charity. In those days, she became ill and died. And when they had washed her, they they laid her in an upper room. Since Lydda was near Joppa, the disciples 
hearing that Peter was there, sent two men to him, two men urging Peter, please come to us without delay. So Peter rose and went with them. And when he arrived, they, they took him to the upper room. All the widows stood beside him, weeping and showing tunics and other garments that, that Tabitha Dorcas had made while she was with them. But Peter put them all outside and knelt down and prayed. And turning to the body, he said, Tabitha, rise. And she opened her eyes. And when she saw Peter, she sat up. And he gave her his hand and raised her up, and then calling the saints and the widows, he presented her alive, and it became known throughout all of Joppa, and many believed in the Lord. And Peter stayed in Joppa for many days with a man named Simon, who was a tanner. In the midst of peace and comfort, there was still loss and pain. In the midst of angst and anxiety, there is still loss and pain. But in either situation, Jesus Christ is still the source for our healing. If we're going to expand our worldview, if we're going to look at the world the way that, that God looks at the world right now in 2020, then we've got to understand that what the world is looking for in the midst of all the questions, in the midst of all the pandemic, in the midst of all the social and cultural upheaval, God is looking at a world that is hurting and is in pain, and the heart of God is to heal that world. And Jesus comes into that world in order to heal that world. But here's the issue. Jesus comes into the world through his disciples. Jesus comes into the world through Peter in this situation, through you, through me. If you're a follower of Jesus Christ, if you call the name Christian with your name, if you believe that you're a follower of Jesus Christ, then you have been commissioned by God to do greater things than He's ever done. You are called to be an agent of healing. And as an agent of healing, you are called to do exactly what Jesus does in every situation where there is pain and a loss. I was tickled yesterday on social media uh, to, to see a post from someone that simply said this, name one good thing about 2020. <laughs> name one good thing about 2020. Can I tell you one good thing about 2020? None of this surprised God, and none of it is beyond Jesus. And if the church, if we will arise, if we will look, and we will see the people around us we will discover that God is already, through His Holy Spirit, preparing opportunities for you and me to bring healing in the name of Jesus. And, and when we do that, we discover that Jesus heals us in order that we can heal others. But, but He does it the same way He did in Lydda and in Joppa. He does it in the same way He did for and this, and Tabitha. And, and here's what he does. What, what Jesus does is he heals us when we've been paralyzed for years. When we've been paralyzed for years. Did you hear the story? Aeneas is a man, he's a believer. He's a follower of Jesus Christ. 
He's, he's someone who's a part of the church, and for eight years he's been paralyzed. And it's interesting to me, he doesn't come to Peter and say, hey, Peter, could you pray for me that Jesus will heal me? He doesn't come and say, hey, I need to be healed. No, and instead, what happens is Peter walks into the world in which Aeneas lived, and, and there he sees his need, and he says, Aeneas, Jesus Christ heals you. Uh, friend, what, what would your world look like? What would your job site look like? What would your school look like? What would your neighborhood look like? What would your family look like if you really understood that Jesus Christ heals you from things that have paralyzed you for years? Sometimes physically, yes, but many times emotionally. I, I had a, a young lady walk in my office a few years back. She's given me permission to tell you the story. She was in her 20s at the time. She'd kind of come to church here with some friends. And at their encouragement, she came one afternoon and, and sat down in my office, and she said, I just, my friends tell me I need to come and talk to somebody, and, and they said you would listen to me. I said, well, I'll be glad to listen to you. She said, well, I just want to say this one thing to you before we start. I can't stand people who blame all their problems on their family. I said, okay, cool. That, that's all right with me. And she then began to pour out her heart, and we talked. And I could tell it was going to take her a long time to really get to the issue. And so I said, you know, would you like to come back in a few weeks and let's talk about this some more? Can I tell you? It took about three months of her coming about every three weeks to sit down and process the stuff she was working through before she finally looked at me and said, you know that one day when I told you that I don't like anybody who blames everything on their family? I said, yeah. She said, it's my family. I said, what's your family? Well, she began to pour out her story, a story of sexual abuse, a story of emotional abuse, a story of a dysfunctional family that, 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 had, so, that had so taken her life and twisted it into values that no, no healthy person even ever considers. And as she kept telling the story, and as we kept praying together, we, we began to see that, that she'd been paralyzed, that the pain she was feeling, the problems she was having, they were all related to the pain that had been inflicted upon her. I, I don't know your story. I don't know where you come from. I don't know what your family looks like. I don't know what's been done to you. But here's what I do know. Jesus Christ heals you. Just like he did a paralyzed man who had been paralyzed for eight years. Whatever it is that's paralyzing you, Jesus Christ has the ability to heal your scars, to heal your wounds, to restore your life. I mean, look at it again. As Peter went here and there among them all, he came down also to the saints who lived in Lydda. There he found a man named Aeneas, bedridden for eight years, who was paralyzed. And Peter said to him, Aeneas, Jesus Christ heals you. Rise and make your bed. And immediately he rose. Jesus steps into your world and whatever it is that you're carrying with you, he has the power to heal it. You have but one requirement. Rise. 
Rise and take your mat. Understand that the pain is real. No one's saying it didn't happen. No one's saying it, it, it's not important. No one's saying that it didn't scar you. But what we are all saying is, rise. Jesus Christ has the power to heal even the deepest psychological, emotional wounds that have paralyzed you. And then, then you heard me read the story. When people saw what had happened to Aeneas, when, when the word began to get around, suddenly some folks in a nearby town up in Joppa, they, they heard about what had happened to this man who for eight years had been paralyzed, whose, whose life had been squelched, and now suddenly he was alive. He had risen out of his pain into wholeness. And so when, when, when word got to them and they saw the pain of the widows and the people, I, I love this story. Tabitha, Dorcas. She, she was a lady who, who gave of herself. She was a person who, who supplied other people's needs. She, she made clothes for people. She, she took care of those who needed to be taken care of. She, she ministered to people. And, and when she died, they knew she was dead. They, they prepared her body for the early stages of burial. It, it wasn't some kind of swoon or anything. She, she was literally dead. And they called, they called Peter and what Peter did was, was he responded, and, and what, I, what I love is the fact that when he showed up, they called him not out of the sense of thinking he would raise her from the dead. They, they called him because they knew that Jesus was with them, and their loss was so deep that they needed Peter to be there and remind them how much Jesus cared. And so, you've got to know, good times are bad times peace or conflict. Not only does, does Jesus heal us from the things that have paralyzed us for years, but, but Jesus heals us when we are suffering deep loss. I want you to hear that right now. Because if I've seen COVID do anything to the people I've interacted with, either virtually or in person, all of us are walking around with this sense that somebody robbed us Somebody, somebody took this year from us. Where, where did this year go? All the plans we had for it, they had to be shelved. We've all lost. And yet, in the midst of the loss, Jesus heals us. Jesus can heal you. I know there are some of you listening to me right now who within the last week have faced the death of a, a parent, a family member. I know there are some of you listening to me right now, on campus, online, on demand later, and you're walking through the loss of a job. I, I know there are some of you who are who are got marriages that, that were kind of not doing really well, and then COVID hit, and now they're doing really, really bad. All of this has put pressure on us, and yet what I want you to hear from God's Word is that when Jesus sends one of His disciples to walk into a place of loss and suffering and heartache and heartbreak, when we walk in, in the name of Jesus Christ, Jesus heals. I mean, look at it. Now, there was in Joppa a, a disciple named Tabitha, which translated means Dorcas. She was full of good works and acts of charity. 
In those days, she became ill and died. And when they had washed her body, that's a, a burial preparation, they laid her in an upper room. Since Lydda was near Joppa, the disciples, hearing that Peter was there, sent two men urging him, please come to us without delay. So Peter rose and went with them. And when he arrived, they took him to the upper room. All the widows stood beside him, weeping and showing tunics and other garments that Dorcas made while she was with them. But, but Peter put them all outside the room, and he knelt down and prayed. And turning to the body, I love that. Did you catch it? Luke says, look, Luke's a doctor, by the way. Luke is not arguing this point. Turning to the body, he said, Tabitha, arise. And she opened her eyes. Now, I want to stop right there. Do you know, what's, the, what's the first thing that happens when someone dies? What's the first act of getting them prepared for burial? It's to close their eyes. It's to just reach up and make sure that the deceased person's eyes are closed. It's a, it's a courtesy. It's a, it's a normal thing to close the eyes, the eyes that don't see anymore. And so when Luke records this, he says the first thing that happens is, is that she opens her eyes. And when she saw Peter, she sat up. He gave her his hand and raised her up. Then calling the saints and widows, he presented her alive. Now we look at that and go, okay, why doesn't, why doesn't someone show up for my loved one who died? Why doesn't someone show up for my pr-? In fact, I, I walked into a funeral home one time years ago, and a, a very distraught teenage boy who was, who was really grieving his grandmother, to whom he was extremely close. Who, she had basically raised him. And this, this teenage boy looked up and he saw me. He said, Pastor Kerry, I just, I, I know that, that God does great things when you preach and you tell people about Jesus. I've, I've seen that happen in my life. Would you please, please go and raise my grandmother from the dead? I'm like, yeah, right. I don't have that ability. Peter didn't have that ability. But you know who did? Jesus. Jesus, Jesus is the one who steps into our world and he heals us. And in both situations, both in, in Lydda with Aeneas and in Joppa with Tabitha, the first thing he does is say, I just want you to rise. The first thing that happens is that Jesus speaks through Peter, and the person who's hurt, the person who's lost, they rise. At that funeral home that day, I, I put my arm around the young man, and we stood, and we grieved together the loss of his grandmother, who had been a saint of the church. And over the next few weeks and the next few months, God began to open his eyes. God began to heal his heart. And God began to show him what needed to happen in his life, what needed to change inside of him. And if you heard when I read it earlier, in both Lydda and Joppa, when people saw what happens when Jesus steps in and people arise, then people who are away from God come back to God.
see, Jesus heals us when we're away from God. He, when we're willing to, to, to look and see what He wants to do in our life. When we are willing to rise. You see, when we're willing to rise, I mean, look at it again. All the residents of Lydda and Sharon saw Aeneas, and they turned to the Lord. And what had happened to her became known throughout all of Joppa, what had happened to Tabitha. And he stayed in Joppa for many days because there were people who were coming to the Lord. See, Jesus calls us when he heals us to rise from our suffering by trusting him. Every time. There's a practice that we have done as a body of believers here at Eastside for a long time. We have understood that what the Bible teaches us in the book of James, that if there are any of us who are sick or, or wounded or hurt, those of us who need healing, that if we gather together and lay our hands on each other, anoint with oil and pray, it's in that process of obedience, not in the person who's praying, not in the oil that they use to anoint, but, but in the obedience that, that we can be healed. And I've been wrestling ever since we came back on campus with how to, how to recapture some of the things that we need to do for each other because right now I honestly believe there are so many of us who are hurting, there are so many of us who are, who are facing loss, and so many of us who are suffering that we need to be reminded that Jesus heals. And so I ask our, our maintenance crew this week to do something for me. On each of the groupings of chairs where you are, on the back of one of those chairs, there's a little, a little vial of oil. And what I'm going to ask you to do is, I can't, I, just because I don't want to share COVID with you, <laughs> I, I, by the way, I, I've not tested positive. I've tested negative. I, I had to have a test done for a place I was going. But you came with somebody that you trust. You're sitting with them. And, and there are two of these on each group in your chairs. I'm going to ask you, just one of you in the group, would you just take one? Would you just reach behind, just take one? Leave the other one for the next service. Okay? And here's what we're going to do. Would you take the oil... And would you anoint the person with you and then have them anoint you? Parents, if your children are in the room, this is a wonderful opportunity. If you want to huddle together, then I invite you to do that. And I'm going to pray that God heals us from all the hurt and all the suffering, all the loss, no matter what it is that's paralyzed us. And by the way, if you're watching us online at home or on demand, then, then I'm going to suggest you, you might even go to your kitchen and get some vegetable oil. <laughs> Don't, I had a group of teenagers one time get Crisco oil. That's the, not the white stuff. Don't do that. But, but if there's some oil you have, or maybe, I don't know, you've got Scentsy oil something that you might have at your house, you could join with us 
by anointing your family. Because Jesus heals. Jesus heals when we rise. So just like Dorcas, Tabitha, just like Aeneas heard Peter say to them, rise, Jesus heals you. Today I want you to hear your name. I want you to hear Jesus saying to you, rise, be healed. And let's anoint one another and pray for the healing of God in our lives.